Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Hey friends, it is so good to get to be with all of you today. We are closing out our movie series, Vivimsi at the Movies, with our very last movie called Aquila and the Bee. And we got to be here with a bunch of you on Wednesday night as we watched it together. And maybe you've had a chance either this week to watch or maybe you've seen it in the past. But if not, we will not leave you behind. I'll give kind of a little bit of a summary of the movie and where we're going to focus on uh, before we get started. So it is a movie about an 11-year-old girl named Akila, and she loves spelling and words and learning new things, all kinds of things. So she's incredibly gifted and her principal finds out just how good she is, particularly at spelling. And he recommends that she join a spelling bee. And she ends up winning that bee at her school and kind of keeps progressing on to different spelling bees and eventually makes it to the national bee. And Akila has a ton of different odds that are kind of stacked against her, all kinds of reasons that she, you know, shouldn't necessarily make it or progress that she has to persevere through. Uh, she doesn't go to a school that has a spelling club like a lot of the other kids' schools have. Uh, she doesn't have a family that has time or energy at the end of the day to kind of help her hone her craft. A lot of the other kids have parents or mentors that are spending all kinds of time with them outside of school if they don't have a club or things like that. And Initially, she has never even entered a spelling bee before. She doesn't necessarily know what questions she can ask or what the etiquette is of how the bee flows. And it is pretty clear once she gets out of the competition at her school to a more district level that she kind of sticks out at these bees. She is not a suburbanite like many of the other kids that are there. And when she looks around, she realizes, you know, she's the only black person that is at this bee. Everybody else is kind of more from the suburbs and uh, more white than she is for sure. And so despite all of these odds that are stacked against her, uh, her principal kind of is helping her out and connects her to a coach named Dr. Larrabee. And he has kind of been in spelling bees before and helps her to be able to prepare well for these bees as she goes ahead of her. And so throughout the movie, we see Akila advance through the district bee, the regional bee, and eventually in the state bee, and eventually she gets to the Scripps National Spelling Bee. So it's a pretty big deal. And she has been preparing throughout the whole movie to get to this point. 
And her coach has been working really closely with her, helping kind of teach her origins of words and different things that she might be asked and memorizing all of the previous winning words. And she has just like poured her heart and soul into this and really, really desires to do well at this national bee. And right before she starts to prepare for the bee, her coach, uh, Dr. Larrabee, tells her that he actually has to stop coaching her. And this is just super, super devastating to Akila. Uh, they've spent all this time together. He's been so helpful and she has grown so much because of his coaching. Um, he tells her that there's kind of two things going on. And one is that he is just in the midst of his own grief and it's kind of coming up against their coaching time and he's not able to kind of give her what he needs or what she needs. And he also says, you know, Akila, I've taught you everything you need to know. And the only thing you have left to do is to memorize these 5,000 words and you'll be ready for your competition. And can we just say for a second that 5,000 words is a lot. And it's not one of those things that you say, oh yeah, just go do this. Like this is a huge feat for her to memorize all of these words before this big competition. Uh, but he tells her, you know, like we have built a, a good and a solid foundation together and that she has all that she needs to be able to succeed and do well. And after a bit of understandably protesting and kind of freaking out and not knowing like what she's going to do next, uh, she talks to her mom and her mom says, you know, Akila, you have 50,000 coaches. If you just look around you, all of these people that want to help you and that care about you, that can help get you uh, prepared for this bee. And Akila realizes that that's true, that she doesn't have to do all of this alone, that she has an entire community around her that as they have kind of seen her on the news and seen her succeed in all of these different bees, that they are rooting for her and they want what's best with her, for her. And so we see everybody in her neighborhood. So whether it's just random friends or neighbors or her mom or her brother, who at the beginning of the movie, both her mom and one of her brothers, she kind of has a, a contentious relationship with, but they both step in and help to prepare her. Um, she gets the help of the mailman and teachers and friends. And she, you know, in the end is able to get to where she needs to be, uh, to be prepared for this competition. Uh, truly, it is kind of a community effort for her. And at the National Bee, there is this like beautiful uh, montage moment that has kind of stood out to me, kind of pairing with the theme of the 50,000 coaches, where we see Akila spelling out her final word. And instead of just seeing her on the stage saying the letters of the word, uh, we see this montage of all of these people that she uh, loves and cares about all helping her to spell this final word. And gosh, y'all, there just were so many great things about this movie that I loved. Uh, but the scene might have been my favorite. To me, it was a reminder that generally our best achievements and our best moments are not things that come in isolation, but they come because of the ways in which the community around us has shaped and formed us uh, because of our 50,000 coaches, of all the people that have poured into us and truly, I believe that community at its best is when we're able to help one another become more fully who God has created us to be, a people that reflect the fullness of the image of God in us. And I don't know what your experience of community has been like, 
throughout your life. Maybe you are somebody that has been burned by community or maybe it's been hard to trust community or to trust other people. Uh, but I believe that community at our best is when we can come most alive together to be ourselves, to be the fullness of who we are without feeling like we have to hold back or pretend or hide from who we actually are. I think that sometimes uh, we tend to think that community is just like something that we add on to our life once we fill up the rest of our schedules. Um, but there is a study, and I don't have time to go into the fullness of it now, but I encourage you to go and look it up. It's called the Harvard Happiness Study, and it's the longest running study on happiness. And one of the surprising findings that they found is that more than anything else, um, lifestyle choices, health, any of that, like the biggest predictor of happiness across your entire lifetime is good quality relationships. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a ton of different relationships. It said, you know, even one or two relationships are one of the biggest kind of predictors of resilience and happiness throughout your life, kind of no matter what life brings at you. And this study reminds me that literally, truly, relationships can change our life. And I know that who I am today, maybe this is the same for you, is in large part because of the 50,000 coaches throughout my life that have invested in me uh, from my actual coaches, <laughs> from gymnastics to uh, track and field to soccer, all kinds of different coaches to Sunday school teachers to mentors, youth group leaders, um, co-leaders in the youth group that I got to work with, all kinds of different people. They have all been a part of my 50,000 coaches that have shaped and formed uh, who I am and who I believe myself to be. And this kind of concept has reminded me that truly church at our best is a community where every person can come and can be cheered on by their own set of 50,000 coaches. Um, you know, Akila has the gift of being able to experience this, particularly towards the end of the, um, of the movie. And she could have chosen, you know, to just go it on her own and not have a coach, not ask anybody else to invest in her. But I think if she had tried to do it on her own, we would have missed out a little bit of the brilliance of Akila. We would have missed out a little bit on her greatness. Uh, but because she said yes to having other people invest in her, because she said yes to allowing other people to give of their time and energy and effort to help her, she truly was able to shine, to live more fully into the gifts that she had been given. And in the midst of this, uh, her entire community got to become a part of what it is that she was doing together. They got to root for her and for the fullness of who she was. I don't know if you are familiar with the book of First Corinthians. Uh, it's written by a guy named Paul. He was a church planter in the early church, and he was writing a letter, uh, the letter to the church in Corinth, to help this community see the entirety of their lives through the lens of the gospel. And this early church was, you know, living to learn together as one and trying to figure out what does it mean to be church? What does it mean to be community together? And so Paul gives this analogy in the scripture that I think is really helpful as we think about kind of the fullness of what it means to be church and particularly has been at the forefront of my mind as I've thought about what it means to be a church community that is a community of 50,000 coaches that are all kind of rooting for the good of one another. 
So Paul gives this metaphor of what it is to be church together. And he compares the church to a human body, saying that all of us are um, different parts of the body and together we make up one body. So he says, you know, some people are the foot, some people are the ear, and but no one part is better or uh, worse than the other. Uh, they all are kind of equal and need one another and depend on one another to be the fullness of who we are. So let's hear Paul's words. Uh, if you are following along, this comes in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 12. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit, we all are baptized into one body, the church, um, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. We are all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an ear, I do not belong to the body, then that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members, they don't need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Then he concludes by saying, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Um, I th love this scripture and this reminder that all of us are at our best and not when we look to another part of the body and say, gosh, I wish I could be more like you or you are better or you are inferior than me. Uh, but we are at our best when each of us live into the role and the gifts that we have been given uh, such that fully we can be and make up the one body of Christ together as the church. Um, one of the most beautiful transformations in this movie was getting to see Akila kind of live into this mindset herself. We kind of watch her begin to trust herself and to trust her gifts um, as her community begins to come around her. At the beginning of the movie, there is this kind of um, voiceover of Akila talking, and she's just saying, like, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, I just feel like I don't always fit in. And at the end of the movie, she ends by talking about how what she's experiencing for the first time or maybe in a different way is love because she's experiencing the fullness of, of who she is and when everything in the world just feels right, feels like shalom, harmony, flourishing, we might say. Um, and truly, this, this movie made me think about 
what it means to be the body of Christ, uh, the church together in the world, when we are able to each be like Aquila and live more fully into the gifts that God has given us. And as I have been kind of sitting with this and processing with it the last couple weeks, um, I found myself asking a question that maybe I haven't necessarily asked before, at least in this way, at uh, our new members class. Um, I asked the question of our group gathered there, uh, why church? Why church? Um, I asked kind of both, you know, what brought you to this church in general, uh, but also in a season where so many people are walking away from church and choosing not to spend their time or as much time here, uh, what is it that made you say yes or at least want to come and learn more about our church community? And not just in this class, actually, but in many before, maybe in different ways, I've heard over and over and over again that people are here because they know and believe that life is better together. That we can't do faith or life all on our own, but we actually need one another. And we can be our better selves when we recognize that together. Um, I've heard people in our classes say that they're here because they want to raise their kids or their grandkids in the church, uh, because they themselves want to be able to learn and grow more in community than they can do in isolation. And I mean, certainly, I am not of the delusion or illusion that all churches are perfect. I know they certainly are not. And it always, always, always uh, will break my heart. Whenever I hear stories of people that have been burned by the church, um, particularly people that have had really bad or traumatic experiences with the church, that will consistently and always break my heart, um, particularly because I, I know the beauty of what could be. And so it always breaks my heart when, when we fall short of that. And I mean, all churches are imperfect in one way or another. Um, but again and again, even in the midst of kind of known imperfections, both of like the, the large church as well as uh, churches kind of individually, um, I find myself finding so much hope for the future of the church. And I don't, I don't, I think we're still kind of in a season where kind of collectively we are trying to figure out what church looks like for the future. And I think, you know, it might not necessarily look exactly like churches look like in the past. Um, but nonetheless, I find again and again that I am just so hopeful for the possibility of what can be and what will be in the future of the church, as well as for the church of today. Um, and I find that I have hope for the church because I believe that in our church communities, we are really and truly able to be better together than we are apart. At our best, I believe that we can live in the fullness of the gifts that God has given us and who God has created each and every one of us to be. I think at our best, we can be like Aquila's mentors that love and care for each other as we call out and name gifts in one another. At our best, together, we can build found strong foundations of, of faith and trust uh, such that all of the days of our lives, our kids and our grandkids, our whole communities uh, might know that no matter what happens, that they would know that they are loved and held and seen by the Most High God. Uh, friends, I believe uh, that we need uh, each other, and that we are not built to be alone. I believe that the beauty and the calling of the church is that we come together a week after week, month after month, day after day, bringing our own unique gifts 
and skills and passions. We can each bring the fullness of who we are. And that is what makes up the full body of believers. At our best, I believe we are 50,000 coaches and players that show up for one another. Good days, bad days, hard days, days of rejoicing, uh, wins, losses, no matter what it is that comes or that's ahead of us. And truly, I believe that we are a people that are meant to celebrate together, to get to rejoice at what God has done and what God is doing in each and every one of our lives. But I also believe that we are built to be together and for one another in hard times, in times that we disagree, in times that we are struggling to figure out what it looks like to be church together, in times of grief and loss, times of, um, yeah, of weeping and of hardships, seasons that just feel really difficult. Um, I believe that it's in those times that we are invited and at our best, maybe, when we show up for one another. Maybe that's with prayers. Maybe it's with casseroles. Maybe it's just by doing the things uh, that need to be done. Maybe that aren't even asked of us to be able to care for one another well and help one another know that we're not alone, but that we are one together in the body of Christ. I wonder what would it look like for us to be for one another, to be for our community, to get to be 50,000 coaches for each and every person in our community. I wonder too, what would it look like for you to be one of somebody's 50,000? Friends, my hope for us is that we can go and live into the fullness of the body of Christ, such that through us, others might be able to see the image of God more fully and reflected in them. May you go and do this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith with the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, and while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Varina area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Varina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.